Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Show. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here and to be able to introduce you to our very special guest today. But before I do that, to share with you a little bit about the podcast, the podcast uh, is called the Women Within, is part of the Women with Influence series. Um, so I typically work with people and particularly women who are experts in their field and to help them to build um, a practice that it serves um, global multinationals or large organizations. So the women we work with are corporate consultants. They typically have had their practices or businesses or worked in the corporate space for around 20 years. And they really have this incredible level of expertise and they're typically trying to grow their practices. Some of the challenges that they find are often things like trying to get more clients, not really sure, don't really have a plan, um, sort of following their nose a little bit, but often they're undervaluing their expertise, unsure how to price things, design. they're often good at, say, designing things, but struggling sometimes to be able to position themselves and to be able to um, charge what they're worth. So this podcast is all about introducing you to some of the women who I've worked with and in our community um, and to sell, to share some of their stories about what they've done and perhaps and my hope is that, that it will inspire you as well. Today's very special guest is Emma McQueen. Emma is a Melbourne-based executive leadership and business coach. She's worked at the realm of HR for over 20 years uh, and working with some of, the world, uh, some of Australia's leading organisations to help them develop their team and talent. Uh, Emma passionately believes in the success of any business and that, uh, but that it particularly rests in the success of its people. Emma, uh, Emma's coaching has a core focus and it supports her clients to unlock their potential and achieve results. She's Hogan accredited, so her approach has a foundation in working with strengths um, to really make sure that people are taking meaningful actions uh, to achieve their goals. And she really sees the impact that that has on their performance and their overall, overall well-being. Um, <clears throat> I've worked with Emma for... Oh, probably four years. And I think when I started, when I first met Emma, uh, I felt like that she was my long lost sister. We're so, we're similar and so different in so many ways. But what I love about Emma is that she's incredibly warm, but she has this gift and this gift of discipline. The ability that she has to make sure that something just gets done is quite extraordinary. Uh, she is um, a real go-getter. She's been, uh, she has supported me. I've been in a mastermind with Emma for some time. She's helped me with a few of my programs and, and uh, we do certainly help each other out. So, uh, so it's my absolute pleasure today to be able to introduce Emma because she truly is extraordinary and the work that she has done is exceptional and she is an exceptional human being. So I look, uh, please welcome Emma McQueen and I look forward to hearing um, what your insights are. Please reach out to me if you have insights or questions or comments that you want to share about the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. 
Okay, hi there, Emma, and welcome. We are absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. I know how busy you are, so it's so valuable to get this time with you with the one and only Emma McQueen. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's good to be here. <laughs> uh, Emma, you have been, you know, such a valuable part of the Women with Influence community. You know, you would, you've been with us really early days and, and you've been not only part of the community, but you've been uh, helped me behind the scenes with crazy things like 500 people at content creation boot camps and all sorts of crazy stuff we did when COVID hit. Um, Emma, for those who are listening today, would love to hear, can you tell us a bit about your practice, your thought leadership and how you started, all that sort of thing? Yeah, cool. No worries. I um, yeah, I know that content creation. That was that was mad, Jane. That was, that was mad. Seven thousand comments or something stupid. Anyway, um, I was happy to serve. Very happy to serve. Uh, I have been in business for about five years, uh, mm -hmm. full time, I should say. I had a little side hustle, so I was the executive coach for World Vision Australia. So I coached their executives, and I also rolled out their talent and succession, and did some other stuff with them globally. And so my background is HR. Uh, but I have been on the Faculty of Women in Leadership Australia for the last uh, 10 years, I suppose, and uh, coaching cohorts of women that came through their program. So they'd sign up for a 12-month program, get allocated a coach, and that was me. So at any given point, I was had a cohort of 35 women going through the program there as well. And so that was kind of my little side hustle. And I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial flair, I suppose, from selling isopoles in my uh, driveway to selling pieces of <laughs> I don't know you name it I've done it I love it um and I quite like the hustle I know hustle gets a bad rap but I really like that adrenaline side of you things. are a masterful hustler <laughs> and you are a, you make hustle look good you make hustle a good name oh thank you thank you I don't think it has to be all bad does it but um we so I decided to go out step out on my own and just uh look at business coaching as a as its own business as its own practice right and so I've done a lot of different things throughout the five years um, and now we're at a stage where we've really cemented and landed on some of the things that work well for us uh, and I love business coaching I love coaching in general I love digging out the potential of people and going you know what you've got this um, and my clients tell me the feedback is that I am not for the faint-hearted <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for the faint-hearted, but I do. And so I will kick butts, but I also do it with some love. So I think some, somehow I found that beautiful mixture of when your passion and your purpose meet and then you're just aligned. And um, so I feel very blessed to be in that space. So, Emma, in your practice, so the ladies that you coach, um, you know, you have got this real balance of this firm but fair, you know, and um, and lots of love. And, uh, you know, you talk a lot about happiness and fulfilment as part of that as well. Um, the ladies that you have, so you have a program called um, Thriving Women, yeah? Yes. And so this is a community of women that you've built that are all female entrepreneurs, all based in Melbourne. And so how does that community work? How did you build all that? Yeah, it's a good question. We're into our fourth year now. So Thriving Women is a 12-month program. 
uh, for, and it's capped, it's capped at 15. The numbers are capped at 15, very specifically because I feel like 15 is a beautiful number for a group program. Mm. Um, and one very wise Jane Anderson told me, 15 is a good number. Let's do that. <laughs> There you go. Yep. I 20, to her more often. <laughs> 20 just gets a bit out of control, right? You can't have one conversation. And I built Thriving Women because I wanted connection and I wanted community and I wanted coaching. And I basically built it for me, who was starting their own business, to have a community of beautiful women around me. And um, I think because I created it for me, I knew the audience so well. Mm. And so I, I kind of put the bones together for the first year and thought, oh, I, yeah, I'll give this a crack. And then I started talking to people about it and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, I better put a bit more effort into this thing <laughs> and uh, created the bones of it. And it's evolved over time, but it basically is we it's for women who are happy to fly into Melbourne. So a lot of them are Melbourne based, but we've got someone yeah. in Malacuta or we've got somewhere somewhere else as well. Um, and okay. they fly in once a month. So it's something is on once a month, which is either a workshop or a dinner or an event of some sort. Right. And and they also get coaching with me. So they spend 12 months as an, their own community and we build that community up. And they all have their own businesses as well. So they're all wanting to also get results as well. Right. And so when you launched this, like how did you know that this would be this sort of community? Was it that you looked at your database and you said, well, who are the most people following me? Or was it just a gut instinct? Or how did you know that this program, you know, how did you have that hunch that you thought it might be successful? Yeah, it's a good question. I did a little bit of research around it. I was already working. I do work with men. It's the best kept secret. And they all call them, they're all in the Emma club, (laughs) which I love. I think it's very cute. They (laughs) ring me and they're like, apparently I need to join the Emma club. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. Um, But I had had already been doing one-on-one work with a lot of women. And one of the things that we talked about in their clarity calls. I do a clarity call. You can just have a call with me for half an hour and see if we're the right fit. One of the things that kept coming up was loneliness. And I thought, oh, that's super interesting. And when I wrote my first white paper, I did a bit of research on loneliness being the next epidemic, et cetera, et cetera. And so when they were talking about that, I'm like, okay, well, if I coach you, you're less lonely by one. But if we're in a group situation of 15, then you're less lonely by 15. And so I think for me, it was about actually, how do we help you get the results that you want in a coaching environment, but also have a community so you feel less lonely? So you can ask those questions that you think are silly, which everyone else is thinking, and you can get those answers and we can create this beautiful community where it's a really safe environment. Right. And Emma, what have been the biggest challenges for you with building this community? Because I don't think this sort of comes easily. I mean, you make it look super easy. <laughs> we watch your Instagram and everything looks so light and fun and effortless. And, you know, you just breeze through it like you, you know, you're sipping cocktails or pina coladas, you know, through the whole thing. Is that right? Or you know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of pink in there too. Look, I think it starts to look effortless when you've got good systems in place. Right. But I don't think, I, I don't feel like it's always effortless. There's some times where you think, oh, this is, this is just a bit too easy 
And isn't yeah. that lovely? But that doesn't last. No. And I think in my first year, my first year, I worked really hard to work on being consistent with my newsletter, consistent with my branding, consistent with everything that I could possibly think of on showing up yeah. to a degree where my friends would be going, you're everywhere. And I'm like, oh, yay, the positioning's working. But I just kept that to myself, right? Because yes. no one wants to know that. But I think I worked so much that my husband just went, you've had an amazing year, but really, is it sustainable? And so you have to then systematize because when you first start, let's be honest, you say yes to work. That's right. And then a year or two in, you're like, I don't even like this work. What am I doing? And Mm. you start to get much more clear about what it is. And so now we're very clear about who we serve and who we don't serve. Right. And I think having that clarity also helps, but I don't think you can have that clarity when you first start your business. Mm. I think you try a couple of things, you work out what's in your wheelhouse, what you're passionate about, and then you go, okay, can I actually charge for that? Is someone going to pay for that? Yes. A a classic example is everyone says to me all the time, excuse me, Emma, can you just run a retreat, just a standalone retreat? And I go back to them, I go, what would you pay for a standalone retreat? And when you start to talk about the dollars and what it actually costs to run a retreat, you see them back away pretty quickly. Right. And that happens to a lot of my clients. Everyone go, oh, everyone told me this was a great idea. Yeah, but did anyone put their money where their mouth is? That's right. And that's really frustrating for my clients, I think. Right. I think it's probably frustrating for anyone who's sitting there thinking they've got this great idea and that people are giving them encouragement, but it mm. doesn't translate to cash. Yes. Yeah, because it's all like, yeah, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> that would be great. That'd yeah. be great. I'm gonna go do this, but you yeah. do that. That'd yeah. be great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you talk about what you had to say no to or what what you you had to be clear about who you serve and who you don't. What have you had to say no to to grow your practice? Well, because my background is HR, I can get sucked into lots of HR stuff and I don't love it. I don't Mm. love it. I I got, when I first started, I did quite a lot of mediation. So that's two parties who aren't getting along. You get them in a room, you work out what the differences are, you work out what the similarities are, you do some other bits and pieces, and then hopefully it builds the relationship back up. I hated that work. Mm. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Um, And then... So it's the HR work that we stopped, that we said started saying no to. Right. Uh, and it was certain then certain kind of clients that just didn't align. So, you know, uh, you know, when you're talking to someone and for me, it was stiff corporates. I'm just like, I'm not into that. No. Um, and they're like, come and chat to our people. And then they all rock up in suits and you think, no, that's just not my, <laughs> it's not my thing anymore. Yeah. And it's, great for other people but it's just not my thing so we got really deliberate about actually our target market is women who have their own business and normally a service-based business or women who are in leadership roles uh, and working one on with one with them and then last year we decided that we wouldn't do any more training and development programs in the corporate space Uh, so there's been a couple of clients that have been ongoing and that's been excellent but we're not active we're actively saying no to corporate gigs now which is lovely it's lovely to be able to be in that position to make that choice yeah that's I mean there's a lot of work that's gone into getting to that point yes um and and we're not talking you know small deals with corporate that you've had to say no to like these are multiple six-figure deals that have been sitting there yes we want Emma to do them we're ready to sign the check 
Yes. And, you know, it's really tempting. Yes. So I love what you've done is that, you know, what you've, you've used that, it, that's been part of your growth and even getting to a point where you're going, okay, we actually don't need to do that anymore. Our business to business client is actually a female entrepreneur and now knowing, you know, they've generally been in their business a couple of years, they'll generally be service-based business. Some might be consultants, some might be photographers, some might have beauty businesses, some might have um, all sorts of sort of service-based type firms and um, and they could be growing to two, so to a million dollar, two, three, five, ten. Yeah. Like you've got that scope that you can take them as far as they really need to. So they can do the group program and they can do one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Emma, like based on this journey, amazing, amazing journey, like I'm just in awe of you as everybody else is, whoever you say, do you know Emma McQueen? Oh my God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyone else goes, she's freaking amazing. Um, there's been um, some parts of your practice that you've done, like you've written an amazing book, which is called yes. Go Getter, which ties in with your Thriving Women program, you know, Raise Your Mojo, Shift Your Mindset and Thrive. So you've written a fantastic book. Yep. Um, and you wrote that fairly quickly as mm. part of, you know, the process that we do. Is that right? You did that in a couple of days. You yeah. It takes a while to publish it, but in terms of writing it. Yeah, yeah. We took, so I decided to write a book but I also didn't feel like I was a very good writer and so I decided I needed to teach myself to write so I wrote a newsletter a week for two years and that gave me the confidence to then go okay I've got something to say because I don't know about you Jane but when I first I've got nothing to say (laughs) I've got nothing to say what can I possibly (laughs) contribute yeah exactly and so I just proved to myself, actually, consistency over time would be really helpful in this. And then, yes, I spent two days with you, which was amazing, and kicked the book out. And I hadn't quite finished the book on our final by the time we finished. So I went back to my hotel room and I did not allow myself to order pizza, which was my reward, until I had finished that dang book. <laughs> uh, and so so basically I pulled the book together in two days. It was, a, it was some stories of other things that I had done, but I noticed that all my writing was very similar and I had already written a white paper, which kind of leveraged, you know, leveraged the, could lev- I could leverage off for mm. the book. And so I had written a white paper and I was very consistent with my newsletters, but pulling it all together in a book and just making that work was just extraordinary. And what difference did that book make to your practice? What changed? Do you know what? I know lots of people who write books and then nothing happens. And I was not prepared to be one of those people. (laughs) And so um, we used Sylvia Book Pod um, to to publish and pack Mm. and we tweaked a few different things because um, for those of you thinking about writing a book when you uh, take it to a publisher or a a printing house normally all of the um, information from people who buy the book go there and I didn't want that to happen so I knew so we created my web person was amazing she created a front end that looked like their back that was their back end so that I can could connect with those people that bought my book and it sounds very strategic now it wasn't I was just nosy and wanted to know who was buying the book and (laughs) be able to follow up but that has been amazing and we sold a lot of books we sold a lot of books women really want to hear about this and I think the other thing the thing that's just happened is it's just been released on audible 
So Yay. I know. Cool. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first. Wow. <laughs> Well done. That's fantastic. That's, yeah. you know, the, because so many more people are listening to audiobooks now. That's, um, that's terrific. So yeah. good. Yeah. So good. So I just think if you're going to write a book, if you want to position yourself as an expert in the space, then you've got to write a book or you've, you've at least got to have a white paper or, you know, something yeah. that, that people can just under hear your voice. So right. I was talking to a potential client. I said, oh, have you got my book? I'll send you a copy of my book. And she read it over the weekend and she came back. She goes, I loved your book and I want to work with you. And it was just so like, isn't that easy? How <laughs> well is that? Yeah, because if people can get a feel for who you, your vibe. Um, mm. It's the same with the podcast. And now it's the same with Audible. And in Audible, there's a few extra stories because we released the book a year before and then we did the Audible. And um, so, and I narrate the book. So yeah, it's really exciting, but definitely worth worth it from a positioning perspective. Yeah. And amazing. What I love about what you've done is to, one is realizing that, you know, doing the importance of doing a newsletter, first of all, the journey of that and having the confidence, like that it built your confidence with the writing yeah, and seeing two years consistency. The big thing I'm hearing is consistency and showing up and you do that in spades. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, moving, going, okay, I've gone in, the, go over to a book. So you, and then you were resourceful. You pulled out all those pieces of, okay, I've got a white paper. I've got two years worth of newsletters here. Um, you're pulling together all these things and then being able to come up with that and you didn't order pizza until you had it done. So <laughs> this woman has, uh, if you haven't met Emma, uh, she and she does say this, is that she says, I have been blessed with the gift of discipline and you most certainly have. Yes. Um, I think if we could all have a tenth of the discipline that you have this country's productivity would go through the roof uh-huh. um, <laughs> oh look I think I have been gifted the gift of discipline um I think the only other thing that I would say about the newsletter is and what's made a difference is you got to build your list yep. it's as simple as that right and I think if you can write as many newsletters as you like but if no one's <laughs> reading them what's the point right and uh I think that was hard for me to wrap my head around in the first instance I'm like how am I going to build the list and um we spent a lot of time trying to work out how you build a list what you do yada 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 who wants to hear from you so I got so engrossed in all the detail at some point I had to just you know step back from that but you got to keep building your list and even five years on I say to people I still got to build my list it never stops because people evolve, people change, people drop off, people come on. But you've got to keep doing building your list. And I think that's super important for people to wow. know. And when my clients say to me, I don't want to build a list, well, we really unpack that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buckle up. Yes. <laughs> Let's put another cup of coffee on um, yes. and talk about that one. Yes. Um, and you're right, Emma, like, you know, I think for those that, um, uh, two to three years into their businesses or practices in our case. So we have mostly women who are selling to organisations or like you, where in your case, you were doing that and then you've really narrowed into women, um, uh, female entrepreneurs. But the discipline of list, you know, just rain, hail or shine, it's not sexy, it's not pretty, it's just the basic meat and potatoes stuff that just happens every day and it's... Um, uh, and it's one of those things I think when you hit two to three years in because you probably had a few wins you've had people go oh my god yay you 
start in your business. Let's support you. Let's get some things done. And, you know, that you've got that momentum, but then you realize that, oh, something's changed for those people. Oh, I need more clients. Oh, now I realize that my business isn't growing and I'm hitting a wall. And the issue is, is that it's actually the pipeline you know the talent the pipeline of not talent the pipeline of clients i mean yeah. hr world um <laughs> uh is that like you said is that over time is that there we do lose people there's a natural attrition rate that comes off and we know that you know around 50 percent of uh well people who are buying from you they're going to buy generally if they've come they've generally come off that list and they'll typically spend about 50 percent more than yeah. anybody else so yeah. whilst we go oh i can prompt content content's got to lead to list doesn't it? and then we can yeah. have those conversations absolutely um, so it's a really powerful insight and i think that's what we see with a lot of women that come in the community is that that's the number one thing that is missing that discipline of list building um what have you found as part of because you've implemented a lot of things like out of the expert influence and methodology like you know like one is the newsletter's got to go out you've got things like um doing webcasts so you have um can you are you happy to share some of the things that you've done to build list because yes. what i think that you do is i think what most people i find particularly women is that there's a they're scared of the obviousness of looking to build a list yeah and you know like oh i don't want to be one of those people um but the way you do it is that it's not obvious it doesn't and we don't have to make it obvious oh please sign up for my newsletter is that are you happy to share some of the things that you yeah. do because it's non-hustly and yet yes. it is hustle yes <laughs> well and i think so i want to go back to positioning but let yeah, me sure. tell this story first but i think when I first started, so my last name is McQueen. It's my married name. I'm very blessed to have this name. I've <laughs> even had to have a conversation with my husband to say, hey, if we get divorced, I'm going to have to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's anyway, <laughs> so we use my name in a lot of things. The podcast is Tea with the Queen. We've got Business with the Queen. So we run a lot of events. When I first started, I get a lot of calls to say, can I pick your brain? And I thought, you know what, let's let, yes, you can pick my brain, but also let's pick some other women's brains. So I put together for two years, lunch with the queen. It was capped at 10 women and they could come along, have lunch for two hours. Um, it cost them whatever the cost of lunch was. And I met another 10 women and we kicked ideas around. And it was a great list building activity because it got traction. And I think I ran one for Christmas one year and there was 40 women in the room and it was amazing. Wow. So that was super simple. Now, thanks to COVID, we do something called Business with the Queen, which is a networking event. No one wants to network. No women love to network that I have met. Uh, so we do it for 90 minutes on Zoom. And it's a super safe space. We do some content. Um, the next one that's coming up is Taria Pitt's going to be on there chatting with us. Wow. I know, right? And so they come along, they get 90 minutes of just interaction because it's lonely being a business owner. And hopefully they walk away with some new buddies and they work away with some new business. And I build my list. It's like win, win, win. Everyone wins. <laughs> Everyone wins. So we do, do, we do stuff like that as well. And I think that helps build the list. Definitely. Oh spot on yeah and what i love about that is it's none of there's no language in any of that is hey i'm trying to build my list do you want to come to this thing is it's, it's like hey we're gonna put this 
lunch on. We're going to put this uh, experience on. It's business with the queen. We're going to have this. Here's all the value that you're going to get. And, um, you know, and I think that that's the beauty of it is that you've really mastered that elegance of, you know, Michael Port, who wrote Book Yourself Solid, saying always have something to invite people to. And I think that's, you know, we, it's uh, the create, and I love that, you know, we've, there's so many different things that you could do. Totally. And you've sort of worked out what is the right thing for you. And yes. uh, yeah, I think, and- I think that's the big thing too, right? People try and, Sometimes people go, oh, that's working well, so I'll just replicate that. But that's not your style. You know, like lunch with the queen is perfect because I'm one of my strengths is relater. I like deeper relationships, which is also why I don't work with anyone for less than 12 months. I don't want to just be on two sessions with you and then you go away. I don't want that. I actually want a relationship with you. So that's why lunch with the queen works because I want a relationship with that person. And But then if there's someone else who doesn't, then that's not the right thing for them. Go to a masterclass or a webinar or a webcast, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, but I also, I knew that that the interaction that people have with me is much better when it's in a smaller group. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's sort of um, the experience to start off with you is what that experience is going to be like. That's ongoing. Right. Because, you know, I think it's hard when you go to these one or uh, these big events and you go, oh, you know, and then you go, oh, but hang on, I need some, I need some intimacy with this person. I need some time. Yes. I need to, and I'm yeah. not going to, how do you go from that to somebody who's got the patience to sit with me for 15 minutes to try and unpack my problem? So there's exactly. a disconnect, but yeah. there's, there's a parallel uh, on in the customer journey and there's no disconnect in the promise. Yeah. So, right, that's the experience I'm going to have with Emma that yeah. whole time. And that's um, also that's also why we do the clarity call because right. we, we offer a clarity call. Okay. Um, so that's just half an hour with me. And normally people will bring a problem and we'll help them get unstuck. Now, regardless okay. of whether they're going to work with me or not, that's irrelevant to me. What is yeah. relevant is you bring the problem, we'll solve it together. If yeah. you like that style, we'll work together. If you don't like that style, we won't. There's yeah. no pressure. <laughs> yeah so again having something to invite people to there's the accessibility what I love about that is you know it's quite often people are hard to connect with like they're you know so people can go on your website book in a meeting with you and bam I'm in and you know and they're getting great value in half an hour because yep. um, that can be quite transformational even just someone who's got years of experience to go yep here's where you're going wrong here's what I would advise and do you want some help or not either way and equally I guess you get to work out because you come up could come off that call and go hey guess what um no (laughs) way here's someone else who I think would be a better fit for you as well so you're able to get a sense of them I guess too yeah totally Um, and it's knowing it's knowing that it's it's getting off the phone and going so I'm all for follow-up, right? Right. And so I can't let it go until I know the answer. Right. But when someone's not a great fit, I also need to tell them that because yeah. I don't want them to think she's not following up because I don't yes. feel like that's professional. I think yes. it's our jobs to follow up. Yes. And so I'll send them an email or I'll call them. I normally call them and just say, hey, just want to let you know, great, you know, half an hour together. What I realized we're probably not in alignment together. Right. We're not the right fit. Um, yeah. I can give you some other coaches to speak to if that's what you'd like, or here's who I recommend. And I think right. that's a really clean way of going, yeah, we're not going to work together and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
you know, you build, that's what builds trust and it builds your reputation as an expert and in your space. And, and it's a testament to where you've come in your practice too, is that you don't need to, you know, work through the pain of that for 12 months. Exactly. Because imagine if you take on, you, we all know it, we've all done it. We've taken on the wrong person and for the next 12 months, (laughs) they do our head in. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So we don't want any of that. (laughs) Exactly. No, thank you. Um, we've done our apprenticeships. Yes. <laughs> um, and Emma, uh, is there anything else out of like with the expert influencer methodology and the approach that we take with building your building your practice? We talk about you know those leads. We talked about social media. We talk about speaking or busking out or, or um, if you're uh, you know if you're um, in your case you've done uh, your uh, lunches which make perfect sense. There's things like SEO and we get all those four quadrants working. But in the um, in your practice, has there been anything else that you've found that's been particularly valuable or perhaps a positioning approach that you've taken to be able to build your practice that's made an impact for you? You know what? The expert to influencer, the, the quadrants were so helpful for me um, to just make sure that I had everything kind of ticked off. And if I didn't, you know, it was in train and there was a process happening or it was in the system. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing, and I, and I wanted to get back to this, the big thing about positioning is when you don't have anyone, so the, I'll give you some live examples. You don't, I, I, I had no positioning. So I'd ring people and go, hey, it's Emma McQueen. They'd be like, who? Um, right. My name's Emma McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you now, know that person. That's yeah. the worst feeling, is it? We were at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to have a coffee together. They're like, no, I don't remember. This is awkward. Now, it? five years later, I'm like, hi, this is Emma Merkel. And they're like, uh, pardon? It's actually the queen? And I'm like, <laughs> and it's so interesting that in five years you can go from who the heck are you to, oh, my goodness, you're calling me? Why are you calling me? And that's the power of positioning. It's the power of the quadrants, right? Making mm. sure that you're spending quality time in each of the quadrants and making sure that you're actually just getting the work done without the excuses, without the rigmarole, simply and quickly and with discipline. And that's the power of positioning. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, that's so so powerful. And you you have been so, I mean, you're like the poster child for being able to implement on each of those. If you haven't watched Emma, you know, go and have a look. You'll be able to see the dynamics of those four quadrants that we talk about in in the methodology. She's doing a newsletter. Jump on, you know, join Emma's newsletter. See the great stuff that she sends through. She's doing podcasts and content, which is over in the educate quadrant. In the um, bottom left quadrant, which is around the awareness quadrant, she's got her business with the queen. And uh, she's got uh, also you've got other things like other outreach that goes on even in Instagram and specific people that you're noticing. And then the bottom right quadrant, which is the network and search, which is the thanking for referral partners. You've got some of that in place. And then you've got your SEO. LinkedIn is optimized. Emma is like she's got every aspect of the model ticked. And it's not that you have to have every single part of the model ticked. It's more making a good conscious choice about where you are in your practice because what I think is really interesting for you Emma is you choose not to not to speak you don't have a speaking part of your practice so I think that's super valuable is even though speaking is on there but your version of speaking in how you build list is Emma's um uh lunch with the queen so business with the queen so we so it's working out 
your version of that. So I love that you've taken it and worked out, well, what's the Emma McQueen version of this? Even if it, yeah, the concept is speaking, but you go, I don't want to speak at conferences. No, thanks. We go, great. Then it does the same thing. So um, yeah, I think work out your version. Yeah, it's my version and I'm all for simplifying things, right? I'm a mum of three. I've got a busy household going on as well. I've got limited time. Like, where am I going to invest my time to get the biggest bang for buck? Mm. And um, and let me say, I, I might have the four quadrants like down pat now, but it wasn't always the case, right? I really pedaled very hard that first year to get some of the foundations in place. Mm. And sometimes even when you've got the foundations in place, you need to throw it all back up and go, okay, let's start again. Yeah. And that's okay as well, but at least you kind of got the foundations going. So yeah. I, I, it's been super helpful for me. So good, Emma. So what's next for you? Global domination is on track. <laughs> yeah, maybe global domination. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? The, um, the thing for me is um, I just want to get better and level up at what I'm doing. And right. I think we've got the, for us, we've got some, some solid revenue streams in place now. We know exactly what we're doing. We know exactly who we work with. Now we just have to have impact that's bigger than what we've yeah. had. And so to me, that's a level up. So what are we do? What are we doing? What are those one, you know, James Clear, what are those one percenters that we're doing just to hook that up a little bit and yes. to create more impact? The other, the other thing is now I'm at the position I'm at. I'm doing a lot of pro bono work with right. young entrepreneurs. Right. And so, and I'm talking 15, 16 year old girls right. who are starting their own businesses and um, just need someone to help them. Right. And right. so I love that work. And because of where I am at now, I can take on more of that stuff. Yes. Which is just delightful. And how often do we see too many women in business taking on those things way too early and suffering yeah. the consequences of that? So you can get to that. We'll get there. But let's yeah. put the oxygen mask on first yes. and, uh, and look after yourself because, yeah. you know, if you're going to teach other people how to build a business, we're going to get yours built first. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. But but that's been a, a, a passion of mine since I started. Yeah. I knew that I would do that. You knew you'd get there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just had to, it had to be that you've got to get the systems in place and the found that, like you said, the foundation's in place. Otherwise, you end up doing all the volunteering and you don't have a commercial business. That's right. And no one wants that. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Emma, is that if you were reflecting back to when you started and you know if there's anything that you wish you had done differently if you had your time again uh what might it be i would probably start earlier and stop i, I wouldn't doubt myself as much right so when we there was a stack of changes going through world vision and i came home to my husband and i said here are the changes because i had to help implement them in the hr area and i said i don't want any of those jobs and right. he's like okay I'm like, maybe I'll just go get another HR director job somewhere. And he just looked at me and he's like, for five years, I've heard you bang on about having your own business. Don't you think it's time? And I'm like, yes, it is time. Thank you very much. Uh, and we joked about that. We just celebrated 10 years married and we joked about yeah. that when we were having dinner. And I, said, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have done it unless you'd said, uh, hello, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I probably would have done it earlier, to be honest, yeah. and backed myself a bit earlier. Yeah. Um and maybe started doing the work earlier, although I don't know what the, I probably didn't know what the work was really. Right. It wasn't until I finished, I started and I went, holy dooly, there's so much to do. Right. I wish I'd started this earlier, yeah. but you yeah. don't know that until you start. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, and Emma, in terms of where you would like people to go, if they want to follow you, see your journey and all this great stuff that you're doing, uh, is it jump onto the website? Is that where you want them to go? Where would you like people to go? Yeah, I think, well, if you want a real view of what I who I am jump on my Instagram which is Emma yeah. Armour Queen um, and connect with me there because I think that's I have corporate clients who look at my LinkedIn and my LinkedIn is very lovely it's all very professional but then they stalk me on Instagram anyway and I right. think oh, I'm just gonna send them to Instagram <laughs> great um, thank you so much for being part of the show today, Emma, and being part of our community. We are so grateful. You have been so generous in our community from content creation boot camps to our quarterly planning days. You know, we are in awe of your success and uh, we stand by going, just remember us when you're famous, Emma. You're already on the on the track of fame. You know, you're doing an amazing job. But And most importantly is that you're making the biggest difference to women and helping them become you know, not only successful in their businesses, but, but you know, having that independence and um, security uh, for their futures. So you are, you know, you're one in a million. So thank you so much for jumping on today. Oh, thank you, my friend. It's been lovely to chat with you, even thank if it's you. all official. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're actually doing work in this last um, 45 minutes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, all good. I love it. All right. Thanks again, Emma. Thanks, Jane.